Today's episode of Idle Weekend is brought to you by Quip, makers of refreshingly simple tools for proper dental care. Visit tryquip.com weekend to get $10 off your first refill. Welcome to Idle Weekend. I'm Danielle Riendo, and today I'm just going to be doing some questions from our mailbag. It has been a hell of a week, a hellish week, you might say. Donald Trump's first week in office has brought something like three constitutional crises. There is a travel ban on folks from seven different Muslim countries, whether they have a green card or not. Things are really bad. Things are really, really, really bad, uh, and it's really terrifying, and I'm going to just sort of urge folks to take any action they can, if they can donate to organizations uh, that work with immigrants' rights, uh, religious freedom. Uh, obviously, as a former ACLU employee, I'm always going to say ACLU is good, but there are plenty of organizations that are good for that. Volunteer, go to a march, uh, do whatever it is that you can do. Uh, folks from other countries can also donate, uh, certainly, and there are solidarity marches around the world for a lot of the stuff that's going on. Uh, and that's my piece. I'm just going to say that. That's the reason why I'm just doing a quick mailbag today, uh, because things are broken. And uh, Rob was out until 3 a.m. at a march, uh, sort of showing solidarity and fighting the good fight. So he is sleeping as he should be. He did what he had to do. And I'm going to just take some questions today for Idle Weekend. We'll be back with our normal episode for next weekend. Don't worry. We're never going away, friends. No matter how bad things get, we're going <laughs> to going to keep idling your weekend as much as we possibly can. So uh, we have a few self-care questions and a few sort of anxiety questions that I thought would be really, really good, actually, for, for this week. So our first letter comes in from Stuart uh, in the UK, Cheshire in the UK. Stuart writes, hi, Robin Danielle. I've just listened to the episode where you talk about problems with enjoying games and maintaining balanced lives. I found a technique many years ago that might help. For a long time, I would get stressed in social situations. I'm not sure I realized at the time just how stressed I was getting, but I would be very anxious leading up to any meeting and would want any social gathering or gathering with friends to be over quickly because once it was over, nothing could go wrong. One day, when standing in the living room full of family friends uh, who were visiting, I thought the word relax to myself. An enormous tension in my body was suddenly and surprisingly released. Still quiet and just listening to the conversations around me, I was able to enjoy what was happening in the room. Now, whenever I find myself getting tense or stressed in a social situation, I think, relax, the tension will fall away. It's helped me to enjoy going out with friends and to be more natural and happy when in their company. I wonder if you could do something similar in playing games that are fun but feel like they may be a waste of time. We all need to depressurize and do things that aren't overly taxing from time to time in order to let our brains de-stress and untangle themselves. Perhaps the next time you feel like you're wasting time on a game, you could deliberately tell yourself this is useful or something similar. Another idea, might be practical, is to try yoga. Yoga is very good for keeping your body healthy and supple, but also has some incredibly powerful techniques for relaxing and de-stressing over the long and short term. My mother uh, was a yoga tutor into her 70s and says that no matter how relaxed you think you are, you can always be more relaxed. Something that was evident in her classes when, by the end of a session, 
Half of her class of retirees would be completely motionless and snoring gently. Thanks for a great podcast, Stuart. Thank you, Stuart, uh, for, for sharing that. I think, you know, that's, that's a pretty great mindfulness technique to just sort of take yourself away from a situation. Think of a word or a mantra. I've heard something uh, that some people have found useful when they're really stressed and really just freaking out uh, to kind of stave off a panic attack or to really just bring themselves back is to think about things that they're like, that they feel grateful for. Like, even if it's, you're just having the worst day, but it's like, okay, there's gravity under my feet. You know, there's, there's, I have this or that, you know, this is obviously something that works more for people who like their life is not literally exploding at the moment. Like somebody like me who has anxiety, but has things like a a nice job and a home to come home to and a, you know, wonderful family and a wonderful girlfriend. There are a lot of things that I can be grateful for. So it's one of those things that I do sometimes is like, okay, everything is falling apart. Everything is terrible, but like, okay, I'm going to just like list the things that are good and like, just try to focus on those for a minute while I can breathe and like get myself to breathe. Uh, There's a lot of um, really good mindfulness techniques. Uh, Lots of folks who do meditation, uh, have, have, uh, they have some really good techniques. There's a few things I've learned over the years, like picturing yourself in a calm place and like focusing on the details of that calm place, like being at a beach, like just you're at a beach and think about the waves, think about the way they sound, think about like the way the sun is shining, think about, you know, the sand under your toes, like focusing so much on the physical details. And that can also help you to breathe. So Thank you, Stuart. That's really, really super helpful. And God, right now, I think a lot of us need that. We need sort of mindfulness techniques so that we can keep fighting and that we can keep doing what we need to do and keep living and not go completely bananas uh, because uh, things are pretty rough out there right now. So so being mindful and taking care of yourself and, you know, kind of taking a breath and Getting that moment of peace before you can kind of move on is really important. And it's a, it's a good thing to keep in mind. All right, our next question comes from Mo Hamster. Maybe it's Moe Hamster? I'm not sure. I think I'm just going to say Mo Hamster, and if I'm wrong, I apologize to you. All right, hello on a weekend. First time question from Mo Hamster. Just listen to your 122-2017 cast, a reader mail uh, from Anonymous in the Pacific Northwest sparked this line of thought. They talked about how, as they got older, mechanics were taking a backseat to story-based games. I'm now 33, find myself going in the opposite direction. I have a lot of anxiety and PTSD as I get older. I find that rather than being engulfed in a good story or RPG, I'm triggered and the plot line just stresses me out. I hop on my PC, ready to play The Witcher or Fallout, and end up defaulting to Overwatch or Diablo 3. I like these games, but I honestly don't always enjoy myself while playing them. They're just a mindless, uninvolved distraction from the state of the world or my, po- or my personal life. How do I recapture my love of a good RPG? Not even my love. I, I love those games, more my ability to emotionally handle them. Does anxiety or your emotional state ever force a game uh, that you know you'll love to the back of the queue? Thanks for all the great weekends, Mo Hamster. I feel like that's a good counterpart, obviously, to the the question before that. Um, you know, taking a breath and and taking a moment and and sort of doing the mindfulness stuff. Yeah, I know that's not the most articulate way of putting 
<laughs> right? Uh, but but like being mindful in the moment and and like centering yourself in the moment. And I know it all sounds hippie, but it's 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 pretty necessary. You know, again, the salty New Englander. Hey, sometimes you got to take a breath. You know, yeah. Sometimes if you say it like a salty New Englander, it helps. It helps. It helps the truth go down. Um, so yeah, I, I can see this. I mean, I'm I'm about to turn 33 in like two weeks myself. I understand uh, things are just so stressful sometimes. And obviously we had a whole podcast about that. Um, you know, and I think it's okay if if RPGs or, or story-based games aren't doing it for you right now. Like, it, it's okay. It's okay if they're not doing it for you right now. It doesn't mean they'll never do it for you again. I think it's okay to accept sometimes that certain things are just not what you need in that moment. And if you need Overwatch or Diablo 3 in that moment... You know, like Stuart said before, like, hey, it's okay. This is this is useful because your brain is allowed to take a breath. You know, this is useful in a way. And like, it's okay if something is too stressful right now. Man, games can be stressful. So if, if that's not helpful for you, if that's not what you needed in that moment, it's all right. It's okay. Um, I personally really like... Uh, horror movies. Even though I am like a really anxious person, I have really severe anxiety sometimes. I have really bad panic attacks sometimes. But I like horror because it is actually pretty cathartic for me. Uh, but that's not the way everybody's brain works, right? Like some people just, it's just going to add to your stress instead of, you know, maybe adding a little stress and then being a release the way it is for me. So that's, that's totally cool. I think if you really truly want to sort of really enjoy story-based games again and like if that's your goal right now is to be like no man I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna get what I used to get out of this um then go ahead and kind of use that mindfulness technique be like this is useful this is (laughs) this is helping you know like this story is useful for me right now or this character is useful for me to hang out with right now or focus on other aspects of a super story-based game like the world building, like being in a place. Maybe it's okay to play The Witcher and just explore. You know, I do this all the time in open world games where I don't even care about the, you know, about the story quests sometimes. Obviously I do in something like The Witcher, but like there are times where I just will sail around Skellige and just go to every island and just see what's there. Um, there are ways to make games that are are like this a little more chill and, and to just kind of like see the sights. You know, open world games typically allow you to do that kind of thing. So if that's what you need to do to be in that world and, and get something out of that world, but still take a breath, that's what I would recommend for sure. Uh, and again, like if you can't emotionally handle it right now, that's totally okay. Like give yourself a break. Let yourself say, like, you know what? Real life is tough right now. I'm stressed out by, you know, things that are happening in my life. I don't need, I don't need to be stressed by a game too. Like, that's a totally valid and okay thing. So that would be my not even close to being an expert advice. (laughs) Awesome. So our last letter for today comes in from Jay. Jay writes, hey, R&D, you talked last week about sharing games with friends. And Rob's Final Fantasy VIII story brought back some long dormant memories about Kingdom Hearts. Stick with me here. A couple of years after Kingdom Hearts came out, my friends and I rediscovered it, being big Final Fantasy fans starved in the PS2 era. I didn't care for the Disney trappings and had no PS2, but I played through Kingdom Hearts 1 in my friend's basement over a series of nights with him providing a knowing commentary. Picked up the sequel on Game Boy Advance, 
And since he had no GBA, I found myself calling and visiting weekly to relay the important story beats. Disney characters gave way to bizarre, soulless humans, grand conspiracies, ancient wars. When Kingdom Hearts 2 came out, we were ready. We spent a solid summer week playing it, passing the controller, uh, the controller, rather, that was my cool accent there, passing the controller, arguing and speculating, only ducking out to the gas station to buy massive soda bottles. Every ridiculous twist, third act betrayal, and absurd reveal in this silly game was pure gold to us, despite knowing all along it wasn't as clever as it was desperately trying to be. I've had a long time love, <clears throat> a long time love, rather, for six out of tens, flawed gems, Games you know aren't quite right, you love anyway, so maybe I'm sympathetic to it. But without my friends, without my friends there, it wouldn't be the incredible memory that it is. Best, Jay. God, I love, I love stuff like that. Thank you for sharing that, Jay. That is, I, I love playing, like, not great games with somebody I really, really enjoy myself. Like, just some of my fondest memories of childhood were, were playing games, you know, maybe games that were awesome, too. Like, a lot of Mario, a lot of Donkey Kong Country, obviously. Um, but but also, like, just really random games, too. Like, I don't know. There, there was definitely a game where I'm pretty sure I could think of the name of it if I had enough time. But it was, like, you were a skateboarding jungle dude and probably Bonk something, maybe? I don't know. An old NES game. And, like... I don't, I don't know if that game was any good, but I had so much fun because I was in my friend's dad's basement and we were playing the game and talking about cool things when I was six, you know, like listening to Baby Got Back and calling the radio station and telling them to play Baby Got Back. And we were six-year-olds, so I thought it was hilarious. You know, things like that. Like, it's part of the fabric of life in some ways, and it's beautiful. It's, it's just the best thing. To this day, I think the most fun you can have with a, a video game is passing the controller back and forth with somebody that you enjoy being around. Like, playing games with my girlfriend is maybe my favorite thing to do. <laughs> like, like among, it's, um, it's like a top five thing I enjoy doing. Um, and there's a lot of things I enjoy in this world. So, like, that's saying something. I think sharing that with somebody, like, just really, like, you're in this other world, you're doing these weird things, but, like, you're there with a friend, you're there with somebody you care about. God, that's so good. And and maybe that's the ultimate like self-care thing. If there's a theme to this podcast, it's taking care of yourself and and you know, taking care of yourself in a in a rough time. It's it's that. Like if you have a friend, if you have a buddy you can do that with, buddy or or significant other, just whoever, somebody you like, roommate, whatever. Doesn't matter who they are. Just anybody. Uh, that you can do that with, do it. And if you have to play online with somebody, I think co-op games are such a good way of doing that. Um, when I was in a long-distance relationship, uh, my girlfriend at the time lived in San Francisco and I was living in Boston. We would have, like, weekly dates where we would play co-op missions in Saints Row 2. Like, and it was awesome and we played the whole game that way and it was great. And, like, we would be Skyping in so we could see each other's faces and then just playing co-op and, like, I know that's not passing the controller, but it's one of those things that, like, somebody somewhere on this fine earth <laughs> probably would like to play a game with you uh, and and go for it. Whatever you got to do to do that. Uh, I think sharing games is pretty much the best thing, uh, you know, that you can do for, for, like, a fun hobby and, like, a kind of a healing thing that you can do with somebody. So, yeah. Thank you, Jay. Thank you for sharing that. Never played Kingdom Hearts, but, you know, if I did, I'd want to play it with somebody the way you did. Awesome. So... 
I think that's going to be about the end of our of our mailbag this weekend. Uh, Rob will be back next time. He's resting. He's been fighting the good fight. He's a good man, that Rob Zachney. So it's, with that, it's time for us to head out, enjoy our weekends. This episode of Idle Weekend was produced by yours truly and hosted on the Idle Thumbs Network. Of course, you can learn more about Idle Weekend at idleweekend.net. Send us questions. Always, we love your questions. Uh, for weekend correspondence at questions at idleweekend.net. Keep up with the latest from us. Follow us on Twitter at Idle Weekend. And of course, I'd really appreciate it if you told your friends that you play co-op games with online. If you told your family, if you told your significant other as you're passing the controller to them uh, on the couch. Tell them about Idle Weekend. Uh, it helps us out so, so much. Word of mouth is really how we get, uh, you know, get the word out uh, for the podcast helps us out a lot. We really appreciate it. And if you could take a second to rate us on iTunes, that also helps us out quite a bit. And we really do appreciate it. So for Rob Zachney, who will be here next time, this is Danielle Riendo wishing you the finest of idle weekends. <laughs> <laughs>